Radical Health Radio listener, welcome back to the show. Are you a coffee drinker? Are you conflicted on whether you should continue or should discontinue coffee? Well, I'm talking to Adam von Rothfelder today, the founder and CEO of Strong Coffee Company. And he is a wealth of information on the molecule that is caffeine, this burnt bean juice that some of us like to partake in, but also the delivery mechanism. He has a instant coffee product that also has MCT and collagen and L theanine and adaptogens and we have a conversation all about that using caffeine as an effective tool but also a lot of his story overcoming adversity he was a fighter he came from a rough background he learned a lot lost his brother to suicide and lots of wisdom that comes from that also growing this business and a business deal gone very bad with whole foods that almost ruined them and put them in the ground but they are still here now fighting for strong coffee fighting for strong values and fighting for health and freedom so it's a fun one if you're interested in the coffee conversation or you want to upgrade your coffee this one is for you we'll see you on the show What is up, you radical human? Welcome back to the show. In studio today, I got my man Adam von Rothfelder, founder, CEO of Strong Coffee. And we, we're going to talk a lot about coffee today, but a lot about life and entrepreneurship and lessons and all of that stuff. Coffee can sometimes be a contentious topic in this space, especially when you get into like, oh, plant toxins. But admittedly, I'm still a bean burnt juice enjoyer. And I think many of our people are. It's the most widely consumed beverage in the world, I think. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, you've lived quite a lot of life, man. You've been all over the show, like, trainer model actor entrepreneur what's give us a bit of the background story man who is who's adam what you grow up like where'd you come from what's what's put you in this uh seat right now uh yeah man well thank you for very much for having me uh first of all uh second of all i owe everything to adhd nice <laughs> i resonate yeah um you know i was always just a extremely energetic kid with a enthusiastic and curious mind who didn't believe anything was off the table. And through, you know, life situations, um, you know, a, a rough dad, uh, you know, an unhealthy family, I found myself wanting to be strong to not only protect myself, but to also find a way that I could not be, you know, like the rest of my family, unhealthy, overweight, bad habits. And I became just, extremely fascinated with weightlifting and not just the act of going to the gym, but just burying myself in education. And at a young age, I mean, 12 years old, I was reading whatever I could get my hands on. And uh, it matured into, you know, a career as a trainer. And that uh, started as a young age too. I mean, I once had somebody tell me you can make money just sitting at the squat rack at a gym. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll try that. And like sign three clients at a, at a squat rack at a gym, you there know, you and I'm just, you know, this entrepreneurialism side of me started coming out. And when I was 22, I uh, had a, just a complete life-changing moment. And I, you know, my brother died from a drug overdose in my bedroom and mm. um you know i was i was supposed to give him a call back the night before and he just got out of rehab and you know when you are training for something and you're driven you're also sl slightly selfish and you don't realize that 
you know, while you're focused on yourself, that there, you know, are moments that you might miss. And, um, through that experience, I, you know, saw life differently and I always had an insight into life that was a little different. I mean, I, I had a, I have a younger brother who's adopted, who's paralyzed from the neck down, you know? So I was around somebody who was happy just to be able to smile. Mm. Right. And that's like one side of, you know, how I grew up. And the other side is like me thinking bad about, you know, sorry for myself or, you know, a dad who's abusive or, you know, verbally and physically. And, you know, like what I was going through, seeing my brother struggle with drugs, you know, and, and try to help him. You know, I, I mean, I even worked for him doing construction. I dropped out of college to try to help him and ultimately not being able to help him. But inevitably his death helped me find something that would allow me to make good on a promise that I made to myself when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old, which was to do like the impossible. Right. And I was sitting here and I'm like working as an electrician when he dies and <clears throat> I'm doing this nine to five bullshit, you know, and it's great for a lot of people, but it wasn't for me. And uh, I seized that moment and I heard an ad on the radio, literally the day he died. And it was, you know, the Milwaukee rumble, you know, it's like, we're looking for the toughest man in the Midwest. If you're from Chicago, Minnesota, you know, it's like, blah, 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 mm. come out and fight, you know, and sign up at Hal's Harley Davidson. And I literally went there right after trying to see my brother's body signed up two weeks later, I fought and seven years later, I retired in Minnesota from MMA, uh, professional MMA career. And it was therapy. It was a calling. It was a moment to recognize the greatness that I had and have and, uh, an incredible platform and education and, and doing like the, you know, the unlikely, you know, and it's like, well, if I could do that. And then I started meeting people who did other things and I realized I could even do more like mm. own a gym, start strong coffee, mm. you know, and ultimately we grow stronger from our losses. If we view them in a way that, you know, can take us, there is no pain that can't find purpose. Mm-hmm. Dude, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, it, it, it hits deep, you know, because I can't imagine the pain of losing someone that you're so close to. But I love that alchemy of pain into purpose and really letting that desperation become motivation. And it's funny you're talking about this because I was flying out and uh, a memory popped up on, on my, you know, Instagram memories or whatever it was. And it was a picture of me from my fighting days too. And, you know, the caption was me exploring, like, we're all fighting something, right? And it was simultaneously both of those things for me. I was running towards greatness and proving my lower self wrong and seeing that I could be more. But I was also fighting for the wrong reasons too. I was angry and there was a chip on my shoulder and I was trying to prove things to the world. And you learn a lot about yourself during that process, right? Because team sports are wonderful. You can learn a lot through that. But when it's just you and another dude in the cage and the, you know, the door closes and the referee says it's on, it's just you. You know, there's, there's that um, it's all or nothing. It's kill or be killed. What did well, that phase of life... As, as much as I would love to say that you know, everybody's like, you know, you may have a support system, you may have a team that you roll with, but in everything, life, it's always just you in the cage at yeah. the end, right? I mean, it's it's the greatest analogy. I mean, we truly do fight 
for everything that we have. It's mm -hmm. like every moment is just a, a, a little mini moment in the cage. You know, it's like you got all these people that love you and are willing to support you, but like effectively, you're the only one that's going to punch through your problem that you're having, you know? Yeah. And yeah, there's just so much on the line when you when you're doing that, you know, especially when you factor in the people that are watching you and the, the, the irrational fears that come up, like I don't want to get knocked out in front of my parents or whatever it is, all the way to the, the glory of that as well. You know, I had nobody show up for my fights. So yeah, right. I never had that feeling. There you my go. parents and family would not support it. So they uh, thought I was gonna get hurt. And I was being stupid. Mm -hmm. I'd have my dad removed from my first fight. Because uh, he was trying to argue with me in the back. No way. And uh, I literally called security and I was like, get this dude out of here. Mm. He said he was your dad. He fucking is. Get him out of here. Yeah. Like he's distracting. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about that fighter's mentality, though, right? That I'm going to do this even though the world is telling me it's crazy. And that, that fighter's mentality, you might not be fighting in the cage now, but we're still fighting for something. There's something about that scrappy nature to get it done, to go beyond the perceived limits of what other people put on you, society, your past, to not let your past define your future. How much do you think of that just? archetypal energy in you of being scrappy and being a fighter influences who you are today in terms of what you're creating what you're building i mean i i i think everything i mean it's i have never been one to just believe what somebody tells me right like i mean i literally walked out of catechism you know i mean i refuse i was i'm the only sibling that literally refused they would drop me off at the class and i would walk out the back door mm-hmm because I wasn't going to listen to what I should believe in religion. I needed to explore for myself. I, I think that today it is no different than the two a days fighting, you know, in a cage. It's just the arena has changed. And ultimately the spirit that I have is just one that is an unquenchable will to win in whatever it is that I set seek out to win and victory is not always the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't need to sell strong coffee for $300 million one day. I want to create a legacy and challenge status quo and give people like Starbucks a hard time for doing something that they know is not right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So it's like, I'm, I'm fighting purely out of passion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could make more money doing other things at this point in my life than running a startup company that's bootstrapped. Uh, but it wouldn't be 100% authentic as this is. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're not fighting for something you truly believe in, you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> Like, does did you have this idea or does this idea have you kind of philosophy? Like, it seems like it's just who you are. And some of the things that maybe felt like, um, you know, got you in trouble in the past, like being a little bit more rebellious in spirit become your greatest gifts now to, you know, buck the status quo, to challenge these big giants. And when everybody else might tell you you're crazy to be like, no, this is the thing that I am compelled to do. I must do it. And that's the definition of strength. And it's funny that, you know, your company's called Strong and I believe Strong stands for something, right? Tell me about the values and even the name and the brand and where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Um, the original name actually was at a squat rack. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I made this drink every morning and I had been making it for years and I just kept on perfecting it. And 
I owned a gym and my I owned I lived above my gym and clients I'd come down and I'd have this coffee and sometimes clients would go up to my house and use my shower and I'd like make them a cup of coffee or I'd bring a cup of coffee down to them and I'd always just be testing different levels of sweetnesses and different things and different ingredients and you know a buddy of mine and I we were talking about it and I was like we could just like call it strong coffee or something and I was like no way is that available <laughs> and and it, and it was and that was in you know 2012 and 2013 my dad died and my daughter was born and that idea you know was cut short due to not a lot of capital time and you know I was also man the highest highs and the lowest lows I mean your daughter's born your first daughter and then three months later your dad passes away you know it was crazy um but you know I I saw through it and you know I've been super fortunate to uh have had a second chance at strong coffee and when I relaunched it I knew that it had to mean something like it had to be more than just strong because I, I wasn't the same person anymore. I wasn't the guy who wanted to deadlift 625 and wanted to sprint a 4'3", 440, you know, like and have a, you know, it's like all these things that were driving that idea of strong wasn't this idea of strong. I had now been through serious shit, you know, not just lost my brother, but had kids, you know, shut down a business, you know, all these different things. So strong stands for striving to reach one's or our, as a community's natural greatness, mm. striving to reach our natural greatness, you know, and it's, it's something that I think every one of us that's listening to this or that, you know, is, is hearing this seeks to be great. And again, that greatness can be defined and seen in so many different ways, but ultimately it's achieving a higher level of something that you love and we need time and energy to get us there right because those are the two things that are always going against us time and energy if time didn't matter money wouldn't matter so that's why money is not one of the things so and we only have so much energy and the idea of strong it's so much deeper than just like oh it's instant coffee no it was instant for a reason because i'm trying to give you time back mm. Because even 10 minutes back a day from your brewing methods and taking that and then cleaning that versus one cup of one cup, one cup coffee with all the things you want in it, your proteins, your healthy fats, your nootropics, your adaptogens, no more, you know, jamming through your cupboards to grab the six bottles and then put it away. No more stopping at Starbucks and wasting 26 minutes. You know, it's like the average 50 person company spends 383 hours making coffee a year. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Right. So if each person was just responsible for making their own cup of coffee and that coffee was to serve them on a higher level, then perhaps we wouldn't need to revisit the time clock over and over and over again. Mm. So it's just one punch in 30 to 60 seconds and you're out the door mm. and that would be giving you your time and your energy back, you know? So I've always liked to think of things in doubles and triple entendres where it's like, it's, it means so much more. I mean, even collagen and MCTs, they absorb instantly in a way. Mm -hmm. They're so fast, like rapid, Right. And, um, so there's, there's a lot to it and it's been a lot of fun to, to try to build that and, and explain that out 
to the yeah. community. I love it, man. It's giving me like really cool mad scientist vibes. I've seen you <laughs> in the lab just tinkering from all the way back in those days to now like having this amazing product. And, you know, like I want to get into some of the method behind the madness here. And I also want to phrase this in, in these health spaces, you, you often bounce off the walls of extremes on either end of the spectrum and like more of the meat-based crowd, the carnivores, even some of the animal-based crowd, they're admittedly anti-caffeine. Um, they believe it can irritate the gut. They can believe it can cause dependency and stuff. Yet we've got this overwhelming majority of people that consume it. S- sadly, or beneficially, however you frame it, it's the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet, which points at the fact that it does have antioxidants, but also like our it's diet. It's also a very high, it's also, I think, the second highest or first highest source of fiber. Interesting. Yeah, so very interesting. There's roughly two to four grams of fiber per cup of coffee. Yeah, right. And this is what I've always been interested when hearing you speak about coffee, because even though you're saying it's an instant coffee and we've teased some of the things that are in it, it's so much more. I mean, I grew up in England where coffee culture is is only just coming in like the third wave coffee culture, at least. So we had this freeze dried, like instant Nescafe nonsense. Absolutely rubbish. My dad drinks it to this day, but it tastes terrible. This isn't that instant coffee. This is like the finest, um, you know, the finest stuff, very well sourced, very well thought out. And synergistically, this entourage effect of everything you put in it is very intentional and serves a purpose. So as we get into some of that, I also want to acknowledge like the elephant in the room of, you know, maybe pushing back a little bit healthily. You obviously are passionate about coffee. You care for it. What would you say to some of the naysayers, um, you know, that that nobody should drink coffee and it's and it's a drug and, you know, that some of the, you know, common strawman arguments that are propped up against coffee for us that do still choose to enjoy it mindfully and use it as a performance enhancer, a cognitive enhancer, et cetera? I'd say that we all got to say what we got to say to sell shit, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, I mean, coffee built skyscrapers, not chai masala, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about what coffee has done since the 14th century and the things that it's fueled, I don't believe that if you are ingesting responsibly, you know, hey, one, two cups a day, cool. I literally own a coffee company and I'm telling you, you don't need to drink three to four cups of coffee a day, mm-hmm. right? I'm saying that you need proper nutrition and adaptogens and nootropics paired with caffeine to chaperone and elicit a quality experience that doesn't require an abundance of acidic bean water. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that coffee alternatives are a joke. It's they don't taste anything like coffee. So why call it a coffee alternative? Right. They don't taste good. I haven't had one that tastes good yet. And I, I, I'm not biased. Like if I had something, I'd be like, shit, that stuff is good. Like I'm, I'm willing to tell somebody else their product is good. And I'll even say it here, but Ultimately, it's, you know, people are always just trying to find a way to pitch the extreme. I've seen it in diet culture. I mean, I've been in this game for a minute and I'm 41 years old. I was a trainer when I was 18. I've seen so many diets come and go. I mean, my first book I ever read was Barry Sears, The Zone, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like Atkins diet, you know, read that one, you know, I was like 14 or 15 years old when I read those books. And when I think about the extremes now, it's like, you know, you go from paleo and then it's like you, okay, then we get to this like meat eating stage and then it's like, okay, only meat. Okay. And then it's like, well, vegans, mm-hmm. 
right? It's like there's this extreme where it's like, well, meat kills you. Well, if the same people that are saying that vegetables kill you that are drinking meat, I mean, that are eating meat, say coffee kills you, well, then the other person is saying what they're saying is wrong. So then are they wrong about coffee too? Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's that person is saying, that, and it's just like, it's just one big web of bullshit reads on studies. Uh, can caffeine cause some people to have anxiety? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Can caffeine cause gut issues? No, I do not believe so. I believe bad coffee can. Mm. There, there's a difference between caffeine and coffee. So if you have a good source of coffee, right? If you have lower acidity coffee, are you going to have lower gut issues? Yeah. If you paired coffee with collagen and MCTs, are you going to have lower gut issues? Yeah. Right. Why is that? MCT is an antimicrobial, balances gut biome, right? There's a lot of different things. Collagen is going to reduce the acidity, you know, like then there's coconut water extract and Himalayan sea salt. You know, it's like, there's all these things that I put in it to ensure that the caffeine sensitive individual could still enjoy a cup of coffee. And the person that doesn't have a problem, caffeine could enjoy a cup of coffee with enhanced results. Mm. And you know, L-theanine or, you know, and how that pairs with caffeine. I mean, like that's one of the most powerful nootropics out there, you know, hundred milligrams, 150 milligrams roughly of caffeine with 150 milligrams of L-theanine is such a strong nootropic. And it's like, that's what we have in every cup of coffee. And then you look at the history of coffee, like really where it, you know, and breakfast for that matter. Like we all want to get like really big into like this conversation of intermittent fasting. And personally, I was somebody who was a massive proponent of it. But then when you like read more about circadian rhythm and the way mm-hmm. ghrelin and melatonin are produced, effectively, we've actually been intermittent fasting completely backwards. Mm-hmm. We should all be eating breakfast and then we should stop eating at around three to 5 PM because that would be the best way to optimize our sleep patterns, reduce overeating, right? There's so many things that could come in play with that. Well, because we have a busy morning, we subscribe to the idea of not of intermittent fasting by not eating in the morning because it's convenient to the reality of our lives. Yeah. And it's, but if we did do it this other way and we chose something like strong coffee to break your fast that has proteins and healthy fats, that's going to stabilize blood sugar. Mm-hmm. We have athletes that wear blood glucose monitors all the time, aura rings, their levels literally drop when they drink strong coffee. Right. And that's like, I've personally seen it on Sam dancer who just won the masters in yeah. world CrossFit games. Yeah. You know, I mean, he drinks strong coffee daily and his blood sugar is just like, Mm. like a laser, you know? And I think that when we look at the last piece of strong coffee, that's was really interesting to me that I didn't discover in the initial formulation, but do you know, coffee comes from a berry? Yes. But I didn't, I only learned that relatively recently though. How crazy is that? Right. So it comes from this bright red, beautiful berry. And that berry, coffee berry, uh, has been thrown away uh, since the 14th century. It literally has the name Cascara as mm. castaway, right? And these, this, there is an extract that is the polyphenols that are drawn from that berry are the richest source of polyphenols on the planet. And just 100 milligrams of a specific extract of that coffee berry called Neurofactor which we have in our coffee increases an essential neuroprotein in your brain called BDNF mm-hmm. by almost 200%. Mm-hmm. 
And when you look at studies that talk about neurodegenerative diseases and Alzheimer's, what are they measuring? BDNF. So when you look at India, their BDNF levels are astronomically higher than our average American BDNF levels. And their likelihood of Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases is ridiculously lower than ours. Hmm. And that is like one of the strongest correlating things. It makes sense when you would take probably the greatest world's energy source from food that it would also be a knowledge source. Mm-hmm. Right, that it would have that other piece initially attached to it. You know, it's like CBD and THC. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you hear of these like dual compounds that exist in one plant, and we've been extracting one from the plant and forgetting about the other. Mm. And if you put them together, the positive effects it can have on cognitive performance is incredible. And that was, you know, the one aha, you know, the, one of the biggest aha moments in my head was like, Anybody, you know, it's like proteins and fats and all these things like that was awesome. But like reconnecting the bean with the berry in one instant formula where it's like, you know, this strong coffee, it helps your gut. It helps your, you know, it helps stress. It helps, you know, with hydration. There's coconut water extract, hyaluronic acid, Himalayan sea salt. You know, it does all these things that we want from our super drink in the morning, like say like an AG1, but without having this green thing that you're introducing to your morning Mm -hmm. and you're getting 90% of the benefits in your delicious cup of coffee that 86% of you totally want. Mm -hmm. He said a key word though too, which is delicious. Like all of these things that we, you know, add a million and one things to that have benefits usually come with the unintended, not so desirable side effect of tasting like shit. That couldn't be further from the truth of this. Like I remember we were talking about this before we went live. It was way back probably like 2018 or something paleo fx and i remember going up to your booth and you know taking a little sippy cup and tasting it and going like holy shit that's good like that is good and since then you come out with you know half a dozen new flavors and different products and things like that but it tastes amazing you know like i want to pick your brain about the collagen thing as a pre-workout but for me getting ready getting up at 5 a.m in the morning to go hit my 6 a.m workout class so i can get my stuff done before my family's awake and squared off for the day and start in that morning routine with a cup of strong coffee that's got the fats and the collagen and the electrolytes it feels like a really good fuel for me and there's some uh interesting facts around the collagen in that right especially for athletes that are training talk to us a little bit about that piece yeah yeah i mean and this was uh you know I would love to be able to like take like a genius claim on like the, the, you know, the, the following story, but really I stumbled upon the idea of putting 15 grams of collagen on it by looking at my competitors, you know, and seeing what they were doing. And I was like, well, if they're offering something that's like ready to drink, I have to offer something that's a greater value, you know, so more protein and and different stuff like that, which is why it had 15 grams of protein. Well, a year after starting strong coffee and uh we were at uh we were at the paleo fx there that was actually the same paleo fx that dr mike t nelson comes up to me never met the guy but somebody told me that the dude was a genius Mm -hmm. and i was like that guy right there you know they're like dude i was like okay cool man and he just came by and tried a cup of coffee and uh, he picked up a bag out of interest and he starts looking at it it's like why is there 15 grams in here and I was like, well, you know, this and that. And, you know, and he's like, he's like, I just concluded, concluded a study with this one doctor out of Canada. And 
it's pretty interesting that you have 15 grams of collagen in here and that it's paired with caffeine. And I was like, why is that? And he's like, well, the ergogenic amount of caffeine that's required for athletic performance is X, which is what you have in here. And we just finished a study that had, you know, three control groups or four control groups. It was like a placebo, eight grams of collagen, 12 grams of collagen, 15 grams of collagen taken 60 minutes before workout, intense workout. And the group that was given the 15 grams of collagen had a 20% increase in myofibril size over the test group period uh, of the placebos and the 10 and eight gram or 12 and eight gram, whatever it was. We have this on our Instagram broken down. Um, it used to be on IGTV, but it's like now mm -hmm. like in real somewhere. <laughs> God, was that a sham? Anyways, the, uh, yeah. So the, the, the idea behind it is that one of your greatest limiting factors in putting on muscle is actually a, there's like a, like a vagal response kind of in a way in your body that it doesn't allow you to put on too much muscle over your connective tissue strength. Mm -hmm. Right. And because muscle can grow faster, roughly three times faster than connective tissue, you need your connective tissue to grow quicker. And these myofibril increase in size was showing just that literally like larger tubular hmm. sizes of this fascial tissue. And I mean, 90% of us are, 90% of our body is made up of this. Yeah. So having just stronger collagen fibers throughout your entire body is, is a big deal. Yeah. And collagen, I mean, firstly, if you, if you tell the bros watching that it can increase the gains they're in, but yes. also collagen yes. super like now skin, the hair, space. your guts, yes, nails. Exactly. I mean, it's wild to see, like we have people that will message us and just be like, my hair grows or my nails grow so much faster since drinking mm -hmm. strong coffee and they are thicker. And, you know, I mean, like I've broken like the little subtle center bar mm -hmm. on a toenail clipper, cutting my toenail. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, I've been drinking collagen 15 grams a day for like seven, 10 years, something like that. Yeah. And it's funny because what you're supplying here is you're taking a habit that most people are going to have the morning cup of coffee. You're replacing it with, with strong coffee. You're putting all the good stuff back in. And just because of our kind of modern food culture, most people are going to be deficient in collagen. That's just a, a given. They're not eating, you know, the chewy little bits off the bones and sucking the marrow out and making bone broth. There are different ways to get collagen, but to have it in such a convenient package is convenient. Maximizing those benefits is, is, is a nice, I call it free gain. I love free gains. Totally. You know, you're going to take a habit, you're going to stack something really positive on top of it and as many free gains as you can stack up in life you know we're, we're onto a winner here yeah yeah i've always referred to them as like passive health movements mm -hmm. so it's like once you make the decision every moment after that is completely passive mm -hmm. like buying an expensive mattress is an incredible passive health decision where it's like once you make that decision that five thousand dollar mattress is going to take care of you for eight years yeah way better than that thousand dollar mattress mm -hmm. you know and it's like the same goes with strong coffee it's like once you make that switch you're getting so many things taken care of for you and you're reducing certain things that you're only making your life better for the same dollar amount per cup, lower more than likely per mm -hmm. cup, so. Mm -hmm. You chose um, this product because like you were saying, time is so valuable. You want to make some something that's um, 
low barrier to entry it takes like what 60 seconds to make one of these all you've got to do essentially is boil your kettle and add the water you mix it up and it's good to go which obviously brings in instant coffee now this for the coffee purists is like they get a little snobbery around it and all of that stuff we were we were joking around about this but you we raised a really interesting point about this instant freeze-dried really quality coffee um counteracts some of these other negative effects like potentially we hear a lot about mold and stuff when it comes to coffee how big of a concern is mold in generic coffee I mean, I don't like to overly lean on this because I never want to be overly woo-woo, you know, and some people think this conversation is very woo-woo. I'm somebody who actually reads the ads and I I read what people are responding to on Instagram ads and some of the disbelief on mold. It's kind of wild, but if you look it up, it is roughly 56% of all packaged coffee has mold. Hmm. Okay. So depending on the level of the heat of the water, you could be killing a majority of that mold in the brewing process. Yes. You could also have mold in your coffee maker. Yeah. <laughs> there, There's a lot of places for mold when moisture is present and beans are packed with moisture, mm-hmm. right? They literally have, you know, small amounts of moisture that are it's stuck inside of them even after the roasting process, the oil, like all these different things. Where when that that coffee also could be a year old by the time it got to you, hmm. right? So technically, if you're talking about snobbity, you should only be drinking coffee that was roasted in the last 30 to 60 days mm-hmm. based on what coffee like aficionados say, which that coffee, I mean, never even tastes that great, right? It's so bold and just like, fucking punch you in the face it's like hey if you like drinking whiskey and you don't make this face afterwards <laughs> you know it's like i just you watch guys drink whiskey and they always make the yeah you know, yeah it's so good um whatever you got to tell yourself you know to make yourself feel good for spending that much but when we uh, the way our coffee is sourced it is picked cropped right roasted within a week to two weeks and then freeze and then brewed almost instantly because it's in the same system and then freeze dried. Mm -hmm. Contrary to belief, whether you eat vegetables or not, if you're on the side of eating vegetables, (laughs) you know, uh, frozen broccoli has way more nutrients than fresh broccoli, Mm -hmm. right? Well, so does freeze dried coffee. The amount of antioxidant in it are drastically higher and if we, as you stated earlier in the conversation, are 76% of all of our antioxidants in America come from coffee, I would probably want a higher source of antioxidants mm-hmm. in my coffee then, right? Uh, considering that so much of us are debilitated from stress and things in our body that are destroying us from the inside out, mm-hmm. right? So freeze-dried coffee, everybody wants to have this, you know, versus bean coffee, you know, and versus ground coffee, you know, versus the way that we brew it, you know, is it drip? Is it French press? Is it, you know, everybody wants to have that conversation because they're just being distracted by something that doesn't matter. Like what coffee is better because of where it's from and who roasted it and how long they roasted it for. Maybe if it was a leather jacket, Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe if it was like a classic car that was handcrafted for you, but I want to know 
what coffee is better for me? And for anybody that's concerned with their health and their performance and their focus, that should be the real question, Mm. right? Because if your job is to pick up that tool and do those things, you want that tool to be the best tool at doing those things. You don't grab a wrench and start pounding nails with it. Mm -hmm. And that's like what coffee is to like 99% of all your tasks, traditional coffee. Strong coffee though, rewrites the wrongs that coffee can have for certain people and amplifies the experience to make sure that you have like a 24 volt lithium ion drill that you're just pounding these screws through because you have the right tool for the job. Mm. And it's the same tool every time. Like coffee can be super inconsistent. You're talking about a difference of hundreds of percents of caffeine from cup to cup, depending on how you weighed it, how it was roasted, all these different things. Caffeine is like one of the greatest productivity tools out there Mm -hmm. and ergogenic tools for metabolism and all these different things for burning fat. But if you're not getting the right consistent amount, of course you're gonna have a shitty experience, Mm. right? Like if you take too much of anything, you're gonna have a bad experience with it. You know, somebody is like, oh, I'm trying to microdose. And then they take too much and then they're like, bad experience. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you didn't take a microdose. You know, you you didn't have a proper way of measuring that thing. You know, and we do, it's controlled. Take the scoop, put in 10 ounces of water. We did all the science for you, right? We did all the concoctioning and, you know, recombobulating, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I mean, there's 32 reiterations of the base formula to get the levels right mm-hmm. you know and that's people like uh you know it's like they're everything has like a different tone and acid a base you know like adding salt then like interacts with the sweetness and then it's like more sweetness it's just like finding everything that works so that it's just one scoop for you in the end mm-hmm. yeah beautiful are you concerned with pesticides in coffee and, you know, hot water exposure and things like that leaching into the brew potentially? I know it's, it's supposed to be a very heavily sprayed crop as most crops are and pretty. We use all organic, mm. uh, coffee beans. Um, we have everything tested for herbicides, pesticides, um, through, uh, uh, our testing. And I mean, that's not something that has ever come through. Amazing. And it's all batch. Yeah. It's all batch tested. Mm-hmm. It depends where it's grown. Yeah. So South America and other places are a lot more prominent for um, more herbicides and pesticides. Where's strong coffee coming from? Colombia and nice. Mexico. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I tried to stay as close to the North American continent, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, just because of uh, sourcing purposes. And it totally came in handy in COVID, during COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have been screwed if we were getting it from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So much uh, care and attention and thought process and mad scientism and everything has gone into this brew. And, you know, for a lot of people, like they probably never even thought about like everything goes into that. They just want the cup of coffee. They just want the caffeine. They want the dopamine. They want to go about the day. So many people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are running through your McDonald's, your Starbucks, your Dunkin' Donuts every single day, never asking a question about quality and such. Just how bad are the big, big coffee, if we were to call it that as an industry? Like, just how bad are the roasts? Like, how, why, why shouldn't people be drinking Starbucks coffee every day? Yeah, I mean, one, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're in an environmental situation, you know, an economic situation that everybody wants to be 
more focused on spending less and you know having more money to do the things that they truly want they should probably stop spending seven dollars on a mm -hmm. inferior cup of you know joe uh i mean a single cup of starbucks can have a high amount of gmos you know and not just starbucks but any of these um coffee dispensaries mm -hmm. <laughs> right um they're selling sugared sugared drugs right because there's two things that are super addictive, caffeine and sugar. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and if you can even stim simulate sugar with sucralose on a whole nother level, because the level of sucralose on the sweetness comparison is just crazy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it makes you want even more. It's awful, right? You can have up to 76 grams of sugar in a latte at Starbucks. Damn. The source of dairy is of course gmos mm. the nut milks and soy milks first i've never seen nipples on a nut so i don't know how you milk them <laughs> but the the uh they're loaded with fillers preservatives you know different emulsifiers weird things that you know are not great for your gut i mean sucralose just can't even be broken down properly which is why you know so if you're like getting like their sugar-free lattes you're like literally destroying your gut biome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it causes like some, the studies on sucralose don't show cancer. No, but you want to talk about serious skin issues and digestive issues. Yes. Mm -hmm. People have massive eczema breakouts from sucralose. So, I mean, there's certainly disruption in the gut from those things and what they stand for. Personally, I just can't get behind anybody who's promoting something to that level, knowing the situation of heart disease and diabetes and cancer in America. Mm -hmm. I think there's a responsibility that corporations should have and be held to, to do better for the people. And I don't think it would take a lot for them to make that change. And I don't understand why they don't like if Starbucks wants to call me up and buy strong coffee and make it go global. I would do that in a heartbeat for the sheer fact of how many people's lives it would change that fast. And it's like, if you have to join the side to like get the good thing done, mm -hmm. you know, but ultimately they're, they're killing us. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I was telling you about the connection with, you know, I mean, it's a crazy story, but I mean, you look at Howard Schultz and he tells this whole story about, how he acquired Starbucks and it took back, it took, it takes place back in Seattle and the owner of Starbucks at the time also owned Pete's coffee and Howard Schultz was just a barista that was offered the opportunity to buy Starbucks for a couple million dollars, a barista. How much does, how much do you think baristas make? Not a couple of million, 25,000 a year, maybe in mm -hmm. Seattle in the back then, maybe 20,000 a year, maybe 18. I mean, you're literally talking about the eighties, mm -hmm. right? He's offered this opportunity and he's like trying to come up with the money. And uh, all of a sudden this other guy swoops in and uh, I saw Howard Schultz tell this story and I was like, wow, this is pretty fascinating. When he got to the end is when I called bullshit. So he gets this other guy swoops in and is going to take Starbucks and buy it in front of him. And Howard Schultz is like, that's bullshit. I can't let this happen. So he gets introduced to a very powerful man in Seattle a guy that stands about six foot three, Bill Gates Sr. 
Mm. <laughs> Who knew Bill Gates had a dad? That was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think even married to the daughter of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. So crazy money connections. All of a sudden he comes up with the money, Howard Schultz. He never actually says that he got it from Bill Gates, but I don't know where he would have got millions of dollars from. He's a barista. Mm-hmm. So I assume that part of the story. So uh, Howard Schultz is telling the story and everybody's like, this is amazing. Wow. What a, you really got, you know, you really did it. And he's like, and then I've told this story for the first time a couple years ago and Bill Gates Jr. comes up to me and he's like, I never heard that story. That's like how he ends it. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. There are literally photos of Bill Gates, Howard Schultz, Jr. and Sr. all hanging out, talking about vertical integration of Monsanto and GMOs in Starbucks. Hmm. And this was like the plan all along. And for anybody who is against, you know, being lied to, I mean, look at the state of Vermont. They wanted Starbucks to disclose what had GMOs in it. And in response, they told the grocery market association and the grocery market association responded by suing the state of Vermont and not disclosing what had GMOs in it. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound like a company that's for the people. I mean, you can do whatever social kind of, Ooh, look at us bullshit, but you're still selling, you know, laced, laced drugs, <laughs> like GMO laced drugs. I mean, it's so, you know, it's, I, I, I just, you know, I, fancy myself kind of like a sheriff of the system. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let people get away from th- get away with things, you know, and that's like something that I can't let go. Dude, what a crazy story. I had it no is a idea. crazy story. You can look it up, man. There's some, in, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild when he told me that's when he said that's, I mean, we were in front of thousands of people at a summit event and I was actually really excited to hear him talk. Cause I'm just starting a coffee company. Yeah. And my goal was like, Starbucks is going to buy me. Right, because I'll I'll create a pebble so big in their heel mm. that they'll have to. When I heard that story, I was like, I must destroy them, because <laughs> <laughs> I just that story had too many coincidences, and it's not this like beautiful, like you know, blue collar come up story. It's mm-hmm. like it's kind of like that joke in uh, the movie uh, Get Hard. Uh, that Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart movie when uh, I forget what actor he is like, he's like to think I did this all by myself and a $10 million loan for my father, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, man, anybody who starts with that kind of firepower is going to be on every street corner, not even selling good coffee. Yeah. Not even selling coffee. That's good for you. And ultimately just being pushed down our throats. Like this is the way mm-hmm. culturally in movies shows it's all fucking programming and brainwashing. Cause like if we just put in enough movies and enough corners, it's bound to win. Mm-hmm. And they did it. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> I mean, the guy almost, the guy almost, the guy ran for fucking president. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like somehow he was actually like a likely candidate. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank God that didn't happen. Mm. Dude, it, it's so crazy to me, like how effective it has been just normalized in our culture to the point. Um, I was out here 
on the last trip and I went into a coffee shop here. It wasn't Starbucks because, you know, F those guys, they yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was amazed to see how many kids were in the, in the line, like getting coffees. And I was like, yeah. damn, like this is, this is crazy. I mean, it's interesting to find yourself in that position because you're like, well, I'm here getting my fix. But like, these are like 11, 12 year old yeah, kids. Yeah, but those are, same kids are being handed the equivalent, the stimulant equivalent of 600 milligrams to 900 milligrams of caffeine in a single dose of Adderall. Yeah, right. Right? The brain's not meant to handle that. No. So it's like, personally, I would rather my kid drink a strong coffee than an energy drink. Mm -hmm. Right? The citric acid, all these like weird, you know, scorbic acids, like all these different weird things that are in there that are chewing away the enamel on your fucking teeth to like destroying your gut, you know, biome, you know, it's, carbonation can like mess your mess you up and mm-hmm. there's all different types of things where it's like yeah man i see kids standing in line at starbucks spending nine dollars you know on some crazy sugary latte and then you see an ad you know you're watching like a disney show and like it was like a little ad that popped up and it was like 46 percent of kids today have early onset heart disease teens I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, that's crazy. And it's just normalized to do this. And I mean, you even see in movies, oh, we're going to have a long night. Everybody grab, co- you know, grab mm-hmm. coffees. And it's like <laughs> people are drinking 32 coffees, like during a work shift, like working on Wall Street. And you're like, that's how it's done. You know, and it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's just a movie. Yeah. It's so interesting. As also, I've got some like uh, Spanish and Italians in my family on my wife's side, and they're the kind of you know uh, espresso after dinner kind of people that are like, oh, you know, coffee doesn't affect me, and I'll sleep fine without it. And you know that that, that kind of breaks down when you actually look at sleep lab studies and science and things like that. So it's really refreshing actually to hear somebody. That obviously, you're passionate about coffee, you care for it, you sell it, but you're also you know preaching like a mindful use of it. That like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have twelve year olds you know going out there if they were going to go out and get the molecule, which is caffeine. The vehicle that is delivered in matters a lot you know we could have high fructose corn syrup 79 grams of sugar seed oils and bullshit or you can get some collagen and some l-theanine to balance that out so you know the dose makes the poison quality really matters so with that on the table the product aside what are some healthy caffeine habits like what are some of the things that should be thought of like is there a time that you think about when somebody should or shouldn't have coffee a certain time of day do you do you do the old like andrew huberman thing like delay in a certain amount of time do you try and get natural light before you smash your coffee like is there any healthy habits that you implement around your coffee behaviors early and often no i'm just kidding <laughs> um no the uh yeah actually there's i've tried a lot of different things i find that having my coffee about it was never done on purpose but it was usually like 45 minutes to an hour after waking up was usually like my first cup of coffee on just like a normal Mm -hmm. basis, just because like I'm doing other things first thing in the morning, probably sex, Mm -hmm. right? You know, uh, go to the bathroom, drink some water, let out the dogs. That'll wake you up. Wake up the kids, (laughs) then make my coffee while Mm -hmm. I'm like making them breakfast. So it's like I'm up at like 5 a.m. and I'm probably having my coffee at around like 630. Mm -hmm. And then uh, kids are, you know, going to school at seven o'clock. And that's it for me. You know, I may have a half a cup of coffee in the afternoon, like a half a cup or two gummies or a gummy has been extremely beneficial because it's so hard to drink a half a cup of strong coffee. Mm -hmm. 
uh, just because it's so good, that uh, I find the gummy is super helpful that I can just eat one and just get a little dose. You know, a lot of people misunderstand coffee as they're like, oh, it gives me energy, when in fact, it's actually just helping you. It's covering the break. It's not stepping on the gas. Hmm. So you just need, because coffee has a half-life, you don't need a full dose as a follow-up. You just need a half dose or maybe a full dose, depending on like how long ago you had it, but it'll compound and help you cover the break a little longer, right? So it's like that 120 gram, 120 milligrams of caffeine after a couple hours is actually 60 milligrams, mm -hmm. right? But you take another 60 milligrams and you do have 120 in you now, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, okay, well, that's roughly how much I need to block my adenosine receptor. And that's what's happening with coffee. So your body develops adenosine in its, in, inside of your brain, compounds over time of the day. And it says, I'm tired. And that's what it says. Coffee says, shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, you're not tired. No time for you're that. Not, you, we have no time for that. We have TPS reports. We have to finish, yeah. you know? And uh, so people who are like, oh, I, I need coffee to wake me up. You actually don't. Mm -hmm. You don't. But if you're, if you enjoy coffee and you want it first thing in the morning and you have a hard time kind of getting going, yeah, coffee can be that for you, but really coffee keeps you going, doesn't get you going mm. as much as people kind of think. Yeah, that's interesting. And we kind of glossed over because you and I know what you're talking about when you say gummies. Um, but people might be like, gummies? What, what's he talking about? You're talking about gummy worms here? You're talking about no, taste? No, no, no. We explain a little bit about these, yeah. these gummies. So these really came uh, drops. Uh, these gummies came from the idea that drinking a pre-workout or a coffee before a workout is not a great idea, mm -hmm. right? The carbonation, the sucralose, the artificial sweeteners. If you burp up like fruit punch, you know, you get punched in the stomach and that kind of stuff. And then also fast acting. If it's like you drink something, it on average takes like, you know, three to five minutes to drink like a 10 ounce drink of, you know, of liquid, unless you're like a chugger, mm -hmm. you know? Well, it's like that takes that much time to get down to your digestive tract. Then it starts absorbing and now you're getting that energy where it's like with these two gummies, you're getting all the energy of an energy drink, a cup of coffee, you know, whatever it is that you're replacing with this, but with an, a perfect amount of adaptogens, nootropics, and amino acids mm -hmm. to not allow any anxiety, any jitters, any crash, and give you a higher level of cognitive focus. I mean, coffee doesn't actually help you think better, right? There is no real cognitive increase from coffee itself. It's very minimal. Coffee berry gives you a serious cognitive increase. Mm. Literally in the study, it, they declared that it makes learning new tasks easier. Mm -hmm. That's what higher BDNF does because it allows for greater, greater neural logical bridge building. So you're br building these bridges faster and those bridges are new things that you're learning, mm -hmm. right? And connecting to old things because we connect everything, right? Oh, that's like this, that's like this. And then you figure it out. So these gummies just make taking that energy and those nootropics and adaptogens, the ashwagandha, coffee berry, althini, and all these things that you want and just putting it in two really easily accessible bites. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is show up to a meeting 
on time or late with coffee in your hand. Right. It's like, well, how the fuck do you do that? You're on time. You're late Mm -hmm. or you're late. You're really late. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like keeping these in your car keeping them like at your desk, just having them, you know, and it's like, you don't want to be the person that runs also into the office with an energy drink. Yeah. Right. I just feel like it's like kind of teenager looking. Yeah. You you show up to a meeting with me with like a can of energy and talking about financial numbers. I'm not going to really take you seriously. Yeah. Now, I like that approach of like really utilizing it and seeing it as a tool and that, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. You've kind of got a little uh, caffeine induced Swiss army knife here to use as a tool for the task at hand. Like regardless of your personal viewpoint on coffee and whether you choose to enjoy it or not, it's very hard to argue the literature in terms of the bore out benefits and particularly for physical performance, right? Like it's pretty pretty game changer. Well, and, and because physical performance has a different caffeine amount for everybody, like on the high side, it's 180 milligrams is, you know, a great amount for athletic performance, increase in endurance, you know, breathing, high, better breathing response. Well, that's for a 200 some pound person. Yeah. So the idea behind the drops was like, how do you microdose your caffeine with the proper amount of adaptogens and nootropics with that amount to give you that experience but maybe just at a lower level or if you're lighter at the same level you know so it's like somebody who's 260 pounds can take four gummies Mm. and on an ergogenic and metabolic and you know level they're just going to be where somebody would be that's you know 180 pounds at two gummies so it's nice to be able to do that Mm -hmm. find the number of gummies that works for you one two three yeah very cool very cool what has what has being in the creative process of building the brand. I know that you've been instrumental in the logo and the naming. And I think a lot of the times when somebody has a product, people make the assumption that a lot of the creatives can sometimes be outsourced and you're just paying some random dude on Fiverr to make you a logo. But I've, I've heard you talk a lot more about that kind of, you know, creative, the artist in you that that's had it had your hand in all of this to to you know through every single iteration what's the creative process what's some of the insights and the challenges and the journey been like as a as kind of an artist designing a product what have you learned about yourself and life through that process yeah um (laughs) when i was a kid i got in a lot of trouble for carving z's into everything zorro (laughs) <laughs> I like literally wore a Zorro mask, nice. grabbed a paring knife and I like carved it into a pa- grand piano. You know I mean? Like wood banisters, probably at least like at least 10 Z's were carved in that house before I got my house mm. booked. <laughs> something about a mark. Yeah. You like to leave your mark. Yeah. There's something about that. There's something about the placement and the idea behind it, the why, you know, and, and, and ultimately, you know, the, Strong coffee. Um, I, you know, I, I really, on a creative level, have had my hand in every single piece, if not have just done it myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's even to making ads. <laughs> you know, that's the, the packaging design, the mugs design, the, you know, the t shirt designs, the colorings. Like that's 99.9% me i mean i have to hand off certain artistic things because i don't use photoshop i use canva to get my mind out i'm a canva fucking master Mm -hmm. like i've designed shirts on canva that we've sold you know ten thousand dollars worth of Mm t-shirts you know on on canva my guy's like where are these files coming from (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like dude canva he's like what (laughs) you know and uh 
But you know, I, I think like when, when I was launching strong, it was so apparent to me what I was doing and why I was doing it. And my why comes from a place of truly caring. I mean, I grew up with a brother who was paralyzed. He wasn't, wasn't born into our family. We adopted him that way. We chose to. I've trained countless of people for free for my concern of their health mentally or physically when I owned a gym, right? There are like restaurants that I never have to pay for in Milwaukee out of sheer fact that I helped these restaurateurs that had no money and were stressed out of their minds. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just because like I saw that they needed my help. You know, and I mean, there were times that I had no money to my name and I was still training people for free. And it was like, thank God I can go eat at their restaurant for free because <laughs> we don't have any money for dinner. And, you know, through that growth and through that process, when given the opportunity to create strong, there were two things that really, you know, were important to me. And one is that strong meant something more, right? And two, that I truly came from the heart. And that it was like authentic to me, to like everything, like no reverse engineering a market, no what is anybody else doing, no copying people, none of this bullshit. Like you are an original, do that, right? And I looked down at a drawing of a coffee bean that I was drawing and I just kind of just drew another bean next to it, making a heart out of a, of a hunch. And I was like a coffee company with a heart mm. because I'm so mad at like what we've been buying and like the, the lie we've been sold and you know, like where our health is at risk, you know, with these unhealthy habits and, but yet how much coffee can help. I mean, if you've ever been to an AA meeting, these people are living on coffee. Yeah. You know, they're, mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, but if it wasn't for that social lubricant, there wouldn't be a place and a reason to sit and talk because if it wasn't for that coffee, they wouldn't be holding something and therefore they wouldn't be open to have that conversation. And I saw my brother go through that stuff. And so I wanted to give people that energy and that vibe and I, I found myself too like living in LA that I was dumbing myself down for people like I was always high because like my energy was so much for people mm. but if I was going to train these billionaires that are all so fucking low vibe like why are like some of the richest people so low vibration mm -hmm. that to like be around them if you are not low vibration you are too much so I'm like yeah 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 right i'm like i will bring you all up to my level and that's what strong coffee was why do i keep going down when i can just bring you all up mm. and that's like where the hearts and the rays you know come out you know right here and see on the package here it's like the heart is two coffee beans with a lightning bolt in the middle that also is a representation of an s and then the rays coming from it and then why not just strong coffee adam well, because company, it's important, the one you keep, mm. right? Like who you surround yourself with, the six people that you spend the most time with is who you're going to be yeah. a culmination of. The decisions you make are going to become who you are. Mm -hmm. The things you eat are going to become who you are. You know, and so it's like the company that we surround ourselves is always important. I, I remind people all the time. They're like, oh, strong coffee. I'm like strong coffee company. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, it's the company you keep. I'm like, don't forget that. You know, it's super important. We're not just strong coffee. We're not selling coffee that's just high in caffeine. We're a purpose-driven company that is coming from an authentic place. We don't have a financial, we don't have a CFO that is let, telling me where to cut budgets. I literally do all that myself on a cave wall. And I'm like, yeah, I think we can do that. Mm -hmm. And then I put my passion forward. Caleb looks at me and says, you fucking got it. My wife's like, you fucking got it. Let's go. And I go, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know that if I put all of it in and if, and if my team does too, there's no way that we can fail because you only fail when you stop trying. Yeah. And that's what being strong is all about. It's just continuing to strive for that thing that you want so much. This is what I want so much. It's very powerful, man. A very, very hopeful message. I think more, more people could do with with hearing and receiving that. And the point you made about training billionaires that were so low. I heard the other day, predisposition is better than position. That there's people in great positions financially and economically, but the predisposition is really low. And you can accomplish massive things when your position might not be so great like i'm i'm struggling here to even afford rent or pay for the food but my predisposition or my disposition will always be positive and i'll always choose to fight and i can always push through and when you're building something from the heart like that it doesn't really matter what you do what matters is why you're doing it and what's driving it you're 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 tackling you know a big industry and you're trying to become a change maker there and, and be a radical there's going to be some growing pains along the way so like my my kind of closing question for you is i'm curious about some of the growing pains that you've had to navigate what have been some of the biggest challenges on this journey what have you had to overcome whether that's other people or limits or you know what what stands out as one of the growing pains because you mentioned very early on in our conversation that some of the best lessons are in the losses and you can really take that and you can elevate what um potential curveballs is life pitched at you on the growth process here with strong coffee co yeah i mean <clears throat> i think like as you know but i if I could go back in some manner, I would tell the person who started Strong Coffee to believe in yourself sooner and faster. Mm -hmm. Go bigger, quicker. You know, it's not about like blowing the company up. That's not what I mean. But don't be worried about how people are going to respond, right? You're not talking to everybody. I am not for everybody. It's taken me took me a long time in my life to kind of figure that out. You know, it's like, I am a required taste, <laughs> you know? So, um, I'm, I have a strong opinion. I'm, I have a loud voice, you know, there are these things about me and that's what strong coffee is. A, it's a manifestation of that. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a disruptor. It's, I was told by my own investors that I would have a hard time competing against coffee. And there came a moment where I had the opportunity to prove them wrong. And I took that moment and that was me going global with Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. And nobody believed me that I was going global with Whole Foods. They're like, oh, I'm sure they'll put you in a regional space and test it and blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm like, you just don't know who the fuck I am. Like when I set out to do something, I do something. It may not be for the best reason why I'm doing this, like proving a point, but I am going to go do this. And we went global into Whole Foods. And, you know, it was crazy. I mean, getting $763,000 in checks, you know, in an opening order. Hmm. I was like, holy shit. I had to raise a half a million dollars and give away roughly 10% of my company for it. And 
did it during the CrossFit games. I'm literally like serving thousands of people coffee with a 10 by 20 booth and running in the back and taking phone calls. And I'm like down to the hour. If I don't have this money, I can't run the product. I'm going to miss manufacturing dates. I'm going to miss delivery dates. I fucking made it happen. It was crazy. And it was a moment of celebration, but I always had this feeling in my heart that man, what if this blows up in my face? Cause there's two things I've always said, starting strong coffee. I'll never put my faith in a large company like whole foods, <laughs> you know, I, I can go and do retail, you know, and, uh, I would never be so disconnected from like my community. Mm -hmm. Right. There are these like two things. I really want to build a company on community and, and not relinquish any control or availability to who we are as strong coffee. Well, the idea of $763,000 really changes your mind and, and the, and the awareness factor. And I mean, you're, you know, you're talking to somebody who was in, you know, Mexico six months earlier on a retreat that, you know, was paid for, for helping somebody else do a thing. And I'm literally like freaking out that strong coffee has only got $25,000. And I'm like, Oh my God, what have I done? Mm. I left like a $200,000 a year training fucking career like my wife and my kids are depending on me i'm like you fucked everything up to all of a sudden you're going global in whole foods so three months after the initial order we still have zero visibility on velocity in store zero we're getting pounded with these emails from this you know one of the people at whole foods that is like literally like why are your fill rates in our distribution center so low you got to get product out there you know this and that it's like we just delivered all this fucking product like what are you talking about you know it's just crazy so we're seeing this we're seeing this you know it's almost like harassing in a way because like there's no answer that we can give them and then we get a million dollars in po's like three and a half months after our initial order and we're like holy shit we're fucking crushing it like we just sent them $763,000 in product. Three months later, they're ordering a million dollars in product. We must be crushing be Crushing, it. yeah. And there's no way for us to actually see. Hmm. We can't actually see how much is actually selling in store. So the eight weeks later, after we committed all of our capital and took a line of credit out, half a million dollars, made $1.2 million in product. Because I'm like, we're crushing it. One, I'm going to make some extra product because they're going to like need more and we're going to need more because like clearly like our company is about to blow the fuck up. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on here. UNFI is literally at our dock and some person from analytics inside of Whole Foods jumps on the thread. Somebody I've never seen on the thread. I've never talked to in my life. And it was like, why do we need all this product? I'm looking at our distribution centers and our fill rates are fine. Our velocity and our store, we have, pro we have product. We are totally fine. We do not need product. And they cancel it all. Mm. And one could ask you, how is that legal? <laughs> right? It's like, how can somebody send you a purchase order for a million dollars worth of product and then renege eight, nine months, eight, eight, nine weeks later and tell you to go pound sand. Mm. And then three months later, 
try to have you discontinued from the store. And I was like, that's when they, that's when they, that's when they caught one from me. Mm -hmm. I put together a presentation showing the negligence of the team and what they did. And I sent it to every single executive in Whole Foods that I could find their email address. Mm -hmm. I even, I mean, like I had the founder of Tom send it to John Mackey who didn't own Whole Foods anymore, but I was for sure going to get a response from somebody because at this point, Whole Foods wasn't even responding. Mm. You're talking like weeks and weeks and weeks going by with zero response. Well, at the same time, we're looking at Nielsen report ratings, which are like these ratings that show you how you're doing in a store. And you've heard of the company Vital Proteins, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty big company. Of course, yeah. I mean, billion dollar company. We're beating them by four times revenue in that section. Hmm. So I'm like, how is, we're like one of the top performing brands in this section of functional coffees that you created that you're putting zero energy into. And they're like, yeah, well, we're getting rid of vital proteins too. I'm like, holy shit. Like you guys are just abandoning this idea mm -hmm. and we are just a casualty, but we are not all vital proteins. Not all of us can just eat $700,000. So for the last 18 months, I have been on a rampage of finding new ways to distribute strong coffee, increase velocity, find new manufacturing loopholes that allow me to take the packages and turn them into bags because our bag velocity is higher and literally like remixing, pro like just doing all these different things to keep us from, you know, having more outgoing costs while we have all this inventory mm. that Whole Foods asked us to make. They asked us to make it in travel packs. It was literally the, they are literally the reason where it's like our number one selling SKUs were bags. Mm. So we are, I am so stoked to say that after 18 months and what many people thought were going to be the end of strong coffee and what most people are surprised that it's not, we have actually doubled revenue over these last 12. It took me six months of pure shock mm. to literally figure out what the fuck I was going to do. I had never been so frozen in my life. Like I kept doing things, but it's like, I almost avoided that thing for almost six months. And then it was like, we need to figure something out here. And it's like, this problem is not going to solve itself. Whole mm -hmm. foods isn't all of a sudden going to start doing really well. And they're going to order a bunch of shit. I mean, they did order, you know, probably like, you know, another like $200,000 worth of product. That was nothing, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, we've, we've, we did it. And I mean, we, I, I think like what you can learn from that is that you have to have faith mm -hmm. in yourself and what you're doing and faith around, you know, the people that believe in you, you have to have the same faith in them because like I said, when you're fighting, you are the only person in the ring in the mm -hmm. end. Nobody else was going to punch through that with me. But every time I got off a call or I sent an email and I, that was me stepping out of the ring, sending that email. And now sitting down in my corner would always be there to be like, we got this, dude. We're yeah. going to figure this shit out. Like, you know, and the people that weren't on board with that mentality are fucking gone. Right? Like if you're only, if 
you're only strong when things are easy, then you're not strong. Not strong, yeah. Like the fear of maybe losing your paycheck in a couple of months is what deters you from continuing to put the effort forth to help this communal thing. This isn't just me. I pay for another family to live. I pay for another family to live. You know, it's like I pay, you know, it's like this is this is a bunch of families here as a part of this family. And it's like we just have to keep going hard until the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. And and you find your tribe when that's your vibe. Mm. You know, you're like, all right, bye everybody. Hi, everybody. Dude, if that ain't the fighting entrepreneurial spirit, I don't know what is. What a what an amazing full circle moment from where we started to where we'll start wrapping this one up. But that was not a Chappelle quite, moment. Yeah. It was. You know how he does a yeah. thing with a joke at the end <laughs> and the beginning. Yeah. That was very good. Man. It was very well thought out. You had that planned all along. But before we sure. before we let you go and go drink some strong coffee, we have a caller on the line. Uh, we got Jack from Maryland. First from time Maryland. Caller, time listener. Yeah, Jack, Jack, you're with us, mate. What can we uh, help you with today? Give, give us a question. So my question is like, what are some habits that you do daily that help you in your health business and just overall well-being? And also for me, since I'm a teen, what are some habits that I could implement in my daily life? Boom. Take it away, man. What's some good ha- healthy habits? So to understand the question, it was what can you do on a daily to just help your overall health habits? Yeah. And, and, and considering that Jack's a teenager, like maybe kind of reverse engineering this, what do you wish you'd done at 19 years old to really build some good healthy habits to set you up for future health and success and all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that I think some of the biggest things uh, that I did in, you know, my youth and that I would, you know, I've said, hey, you can even do more of this to my younger self would be a constant education. I think the more that, you know, the more that you can apply with true reason and understanding. It's one thing to hear a thing. It's another to know a thing. And ultimately, education is always going to be the root of greater success Mm -hmm. and it can be from experiences. It can be from books. It can be from podcasts. It doesn't always have to be reading, but that's how I started. I started reading cover to cover magazines. And I mean, at the time magazines had like order forms in the back or a number you could call to get like a book delivered. And Mm. and then I'd like be reading the position of flexion, you know, and it's like how to gain X more muscle with like deeper reps. And, you know, so I think that, if you just want some like key takeaways and not be told like, Hey, just go read more. <laughs> um, I think a great thing is that we under eat and we look to, and I know that goes against the antithesis of the obesity rate, but those that are fit tend to under eat, especially in their youth, trying to find a picture of what you imagine yourself you should look like. And all too often, you're truly stunting yourself from the greatest potential you have that if you care just a little bit less of the aesthetics and go more for the performance and the health side of things, the aesthetics will come and mm-hmm. they'll stick forever. Mm-hmm. But people try to reverse engineer that by under eating and overtraining, which ultimately leads to undersleeping, you know, being dehydrated, which is the exact opposite of what, you aspire for right so i always tell people like you probably need to eat more than you think you have always go forward with protein Mm -hmm. because you're growing you know enjoy enjoy some foods but never enjoy them too much and uh you know don't overtrain find a a system that works for you you know not everybody is a a power lifter not everybody's a bodybuilder not everybody's a crossfitter 
And ultimately, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen jacked climbers. It's like, what's your goal? You just want to be 165 pounds shredded? Yeah. You don't even have to lift weights to do that. <laughs> it's like, you really don't. Um, so I think it's just uh, be kind to yourself is another great. That's a good one, man. There's another great one. Be kind to yourself. I was so mean to myself and what I looked like. And I look back and I was like, yo, I had a six pack, eight pack and senior in high school. And I thought I was fat and, mm -hmm. you know, and I had skinny arms and it was like weird, you know, like, why would I think that of myself? It's like, oh, cause I'm looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and he took steroids and growth hormone <laughs> and <laughs> trained his ass off to get there. So. Dude, I think that's so and good. so did and, The Rock. He's lying. Yeah, The Rock. The Rock's Natty King, right? Yeah, um, The Rock is totally Natty, guys. Totally Natty. Jack, I, I'll say this as well, man. It's super inspiring to have you call in and, and you know, identify you're a teenager. Because, like, the fact that you listen to a show like that in its entirety, the fact that you're here asking a question about what habits you can build to set yourself up for the future and your health puts you ahead of, like, 90% of 19, 18-year-olds out 98 there, 98% ahead. Dude. So, like, just celebrating <laughs> you, man, for being here and tuning in. And, I, like, I could say and echo a lot of what Adam just said. I think it's spot on. I think potentially one thing I would add is just, like, the youth now of you guys were born and raised with devices in your hands and presence is your superpower, really. So, like, develop some kind of mindfulness practice to, like, get off the screens every once in a while so you don't end up comparing yourself to the rock or Annie Schwarzenegger. Remember that you've got a lot of, you know, you're be kinder to yourself, like you said, and practice presence, whether it's taking a walk in meditation every day, breath work, you know, actually meditating or doing the reading of the books, but less stimulation because all the other stuff you can figure out, the training you'll figure out, the eating more protein, you can figure all that stuff out. Your head's obviously in the right place, so trust your heart a little bit more and the best way to get in touch with your heart is to be still. So thanks and for I, calling in, man. I have one other thing to add to that too. Uh, and this is something I'm only reminded because of Kayla, we were having a conversation about this. There's something called sexual transmutation. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn about this until I was way older. I like it. Uh, it's very easy in your youth to be caught up in sex. Yeah. Random sex, masturbating, whatever. Porn. Porn. You are literally robbing your life force and energy by doing that. It's one thing to have a consistent partner because it's reciprocal energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause as you put into her, she puts into you back. But if you are just going out and trying to, you know, get that one night hit or, you know, Oh, just a quick, you know, busty blondes on your phone and, and, and knock one out in the bathroom. You know, it's like that mentality is not going to serve you mentally mm -hmm. and physically it'll uh i mean i had a track coach that said women ruin legs <laughs> he'd be like i don't care what you guys got going on for prom he's like no sex until it's until the, after the track meet on saturday it's like but prom's friday night i said no sex till saturday <laughs> it's like got it women ruin legs there you go some some advice that and jack that's maybe, why so many guys have skinny legs maybe yeah <laughs> uh, maybe the rock maybe the rock is actually natty but he just practices semen retention Ooh. the rock just did no fat for like 50 years and that's why he's so jacked out of his mind <laughs> jack you're a legend man um i'm gonna get somebody from the team to follow up with you and we're gonna send you a free bottle of beef organs too because i do know when i was 19 i didn't have much uh, money to spend extra on supplementation too so we'll help you out with some micronutrients too just stay radical dude keep doing it um, Adam, this was fun, man. I had a blast dropping in with you. Kind of the floor is yours for closing statements. Tell people where they can go to pick up some product or like what anything you're working on next. You're excited where to go on the socials and follow and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, man. Well, thank you again for having me out here. It's wild that this is like 
13 minutes from my front door. Let's go. So I'm pretty stoked. I'll have to come out here. If you find me in the gym out there, it's your fault. <laughs> um, they said I could go, whatever. Uh, you guys follow me at uh, Von Rothfelder, but the real mission and message is happening at Strong Coffee Company. Check us out at strongcoffeecompany.com. If you're somebody who loves Amazon and you're like, hey, I love getting my shit super fast and I trust it, check us out on Amazon. Um, I'm just so fortunate to be here in this position, you know, and uh, my life could have gone so many different ways, mm -hmm. but I made it go this way and, uh, and you can too. So you guys, thank you all so much. Stay strong. Grateful for you, brother. Grateful for your mind and your heart. Good job. Thank you. You heard the man. Stay strong. We'll see you soon. Peace out. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Radical Health Radio. We got a fresh new podcast for you every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, consider liking, subscribing, reviewing, and rating us on your podcast platform. It helps to spread this message of radical health. We'll see you next week.